0: Is that your confession to the Lord? You give yourself away. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. It's good to be in the house of the Lord once again, to yeah. see each and every one of you. Yeah. You know, we've only, I've only missed a couple of weekends, but I feel like it's been even longer than that. Amen. And Sister Gabriela is still at home, so appreciate all the prayers for her. She's doing really good. She's just still kind of recovering. and The baby's doing well. Thank you all so much for the prayers. Amen. And uh, we just can't express just everything y'all have done and what it means to us all the way from, you know, from, from the, the baby shower to, to all the gifts, the prayer, the food, and keeping the children and, and everything like that and back and forth. We just love y'all each so much, and we appreciate y'all. You know, the Brother random said that the nicest thing you can say, the most beautiful words, is God bless you. Because he said, if God will bless me, he said, what else more do I need? So from the bottom of our hearts, we say, God bless you. I could go on and on about what that means to us, but God bless you and may he restore a hundredfold to you for everything that you've done. We appreciate y'all. We appreciate our church family. You know, I, 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 told the, I told the boys here, you know, I said, you know, I'm not man enough to be a mom. <laughs> I'm not, and I'll admit it. it be, being being a mother is hard work. It, and it's not just the birth, it's the raising. But you know, God has a special blessings for mothers. You know, as, as you raise your children and, you know, and everything like that, you, you, you pastor them, Brother Bram teaches us. And you raise them in the admonition of God. And when they grow up, you know, they'll live for God, even if they're straight. You know, I came from a big family. And I remember as a child, I'd be out playing, and my mom would call us in. And she'd call us in, and she'd pray. You know, and sometimes as a child, when you tell them about the Lord, it may not seem like it sinks into them too much. They're playing and you, you try and tell them or they'll ask you a question and, and you try and say something about the Lord. It may seem like it don't, it don't sink in. Maybe they'll just say something. But you know, you're sowing seed. Yes, you're yes. sowing seed in, in, in that young tender, in, to young tender life. And every child comes into this world as a blank slate. And it's our job as parents to sow that word above yes. anything. Yes. Sow that word. Yes. Because as the Bible says, when they get older, it won't depart from them. Amen. So we're not going to keep you standing, but God bless y'all. And we love y'all with all of our hearts and appreciate y'all and appreciate the opportunity to speak. If you will, uh, turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Thank you, musicians. Thank you, Brother Matt, for that wonderful song service. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. It's a little lengthy read, so I'll try and read rather quickly. The Bible says, Do we again... Do we begin again to commend ourselves, or need we as some other epistles of commendation to you, or letters of commendation from you? Ye are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read of all men. For as much as you are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, Amen. not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. And such trust have we through Christ to Godward. word. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. Who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. But if the ministration of death written and engraven in stones was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses, for the glory of his countenance, which glory was to be done away, How shall not the ministration of the Spirit be rather glorious? For if the ministration of condemnation be glory, much more doth the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory. For even that which was made glorious had no glory in this respect, by reason of the glory that excelleth. For if that which is done away was glorious, much more that which remaineth is glorious. Seeing then that we have such hope, we use such great plainness of speech, And not as Moses, which put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished. But their minds were blinded, for unto this day remaineth the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. But even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory even as by the spirit of the Lord. Amen. Let's bow our heads and our hearts. Dear kind, gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we are so thankful, Lord, and honored for this opportunity to come in your presence. And Lord Jesus, as we come, Father, we've come to make you the center of this service. We've come to exalt you. We've come, Lord, to look into your word, Lord, and see where we fall short, Lord, and where we can draw closer to you. I pray that you minister to each and every heart, Lord. I pray that you minister healing to those that need healing. May you minister salvation to those that need salvation. May you minister deliverance to those who need deliverance or need in a way that only your Holy Spirit can. We love you and we commit ourselves to you in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. You know, last, last weekend, as I said, we weren't able to be here, but we certainly enjoyed streaming in the services. And I know that y'all had a wonderful time here with Brother Tim. And you know, Sunday, he, I believe he preached on atmospheres and how important it was to come and set the right atmosphere. And, and he might have brought an atmosphere of a two-hour sermon. So if, if it's a little lengthy, I pray that you just forgive me, but we'll just trust the leading of the Lord. Y'all pray for me. Amen. I want to start with the title this, this evening is Mama, That's Me. That's the title, title of the sermon with the help of the Lord. Now, I want to begin with a quote because, you know, God's word is a mirror. Right. Like we just read in the text. So if we want to see what God wants of us, we've got to look into his word. And when we're Christ-like and we look into the word, it should reflect back the character of Christ. Brother Ram says, a little boy one time down here in Kentucky, raised up in the mountains, he had never been around where there was a looking glass. They had a little piece tacked up on a tree, but he had never seen himself. He come here to Louisville, it was told and stay with his mother's sister. And she lived in one of the nice homes, an old fashioned home that went into one of the bedrooms had a door that had a mirror all up it, the way all the way up and down the door. And if you you single brothers don't have that in y'all's home yet, wait till y'all get married. It's coming. And when the little fella started running all through the house, he stopped. Little Johnny saw little Johnny, see? And he scratched his head and little Johnny in the mirror scratched his head. He laughed a little, and Johnny in the mirror laughed. He jumped up and down, and little Johnny jumped up and down in the mirror. See, he walked up real close. He thought it was a little boy he could play with, and so he walked up directly. He pecked on the glass. He turned around, and his parents were watching him. He said, Mama, that's me. He said, Mama, that's me. So I want us to note here that this was a full-length mirror. The mirror was on the door, and the door is Christ. Amen. Now you say, Brother William, you're reading too much into that quote. That's a little too much. Let me read a part of another quote where the prophet said, after preaching one of the most powerful sermons he's ever preached, Christ is the mystery of God revealed. He's preached, he preached that sermon and gave it, he took the whole Bible as his text. And at the end, they're singing and they're praising the Lord, and he says, so I just wonder today, I'm sorry, he goes down and he says, not knowing, of course, being spiritual, you watch spiritual things. Not knowing this, God knows it, but if you turn and look at the clock, it's on the dot two o'clock. The end of the second pull, the third pull is at hand. And the prophet of God took that sign right off the clock. And he said, see, if you're spiritual, you watch spiritual things. So that this mirror, it sounds like it was even Brother Brandon himself. Because when he gives his life story, he says how his dad used to shave off, off, off of just a piece of a mirror. So when his dad would shave, you could only see a part of yourself. And as we've come through the history and come down through the church ages of the bride, there was a time where they only had a part of the word. And they could only see a part of their reflection. But there comes a time where that mirror is now a full-length mirror, and the bride of Christ can look at her reflection in the mirror of God's word and make sure she's dressed right. To make sure she talks right, to make sure she lives right, to make sure she's ready for the rapture. This is God's full-length mirror, and it's on the door, Jesus Christ. Because you know, when Luther, Luther was one of the messengers. He was in the right hand of God, but do you know that Luther drank beer? Do you know that Luther was not too fond of Jews? They didn't understand that God had to blind the Jews to make a way for you. But they only understood in part because the book was still sealed. But God has allotted us this day a full-length mirror. When Wesley came along, the mirror was a little bigger. They could see a little more. All Luther could see was that just shall live by faith. But as as the bride progressed, she's able to see more. And now we're able to see in fullness. Now, the Bible is not just a book the bible is not just a book of do's and don'ts the bible do you know the secret the bible is actually a family album the bible is a family album that you can go back and find your picture now now to understand spiritual things a lot of times god teaches us the prophet says that god teaches us spiritual things by natural occurrences Because we're human and that's how we understand things. That's how we see God in creation. That's how we see God in many ways is through natural things. So if you'll bear with me, I'll get a little bit of the natural to bring about a spiritual application. I come from a big family, a family of 13 children. And I'm number 12. Yes. Now, let me just say this. I'm not trying to catch up to them. I'm not trying to catch up to them. I'm fine. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But I appreciate a big family. It, it, it's wonderful. But you know, as a Borlavan, I can go get the family album. And I can look right through that family album even before I was born. Now, I wasn't born until 1983. But yet, I could look. My parents used to be in Romania. So I could look into the family album and see that was before I was born, but I'm identified with them. When they were in another country way across the sea. I turn a few more pages. Oh, this is when they went to Italy for three months, waiting to be clear to come in America. Okay, this is 1979. This is when they landed. See, the family album is beginning to, to develop. I'm able to look. Well, th- there comes a time when I've got to find my own picture in there. If I'm in the family, I've got to find my own picture in there. So there comes a time whenever, oh, there's a picture of my mom. She was pregnant with me. There's a picture of me in the hospital. There's a picture of me when they brought home. There's a picture of me as I was walking and you're able to identify yourself within the family album. And this is God's family album. And you're able to look back and say, that is when brother Adam and sister Eve were put into flesh. This is where brother Adam and sister Eve disobeyed and they were taken out of the garden. It was before you were born, but you're identified in that you're identified in that this is when my brother noah built an ark this is when they rejected his message this is when my brother joseph was rejected of his brother and he was cast into a pit this is when my brother joseph was exalted to the right hand of pharaoh this is when my brother moses called for plagues and delivered egypt and you're going on down this is where sister my sister miriam danced when her enemy was dead on the seashore this is where it was this is the family album i wasn't born yet but i can see it in the scripture and i can identify with it because i'm of the same family and i can say mama that's me Miriam danced over her enemies and we dance over our dead enemies mama that's me we look in god's mirror and we see the same thing we see brother abraham Oh, he was an important brother. We see what God did for him. We see Sister Sarah and Sister Rahab. We see Brother David. We see how he slew Goliath. We see when our daddy became flesh. That's the most beautiful part of the scripture. We see when our daddy became flesh and we've seen how they rejected him. We've seen how he's crucified. And as you go through the family album and you flip through it, you see it getting closer to when you were born. You see it getting closer to the age that you were born. Amen. Now, the way we know that, that, the way I know that I am in, the, in my natural family is I can identify myself in the family album and I bear the natural characteristics of my parents and my siblings. So we, as the children of God should be looking into the family album and you've got to find your picture in there. It's not enough to find Jesus' picture. It's not even enough to find Brother Branham's picture. They're in there because why? They're in the family. But you have got to find your own individual picture in here. That is equivalent to finding your name in the book. And when you find your name in this book, when you find your picture in God's family album, no devil in hell can ever take it out. No devil in hell could ever talk to you that you're not a child, a son, or a daughter of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because why? You found your picture. You can say, Satan, I'm right here. I'm right here, and you can't do nothing about it. You're in God's family album. You're in God's album. Now, if you can't find yourself in the family album, that means you have spiritual amnesia. When you cannot, when you flip through your family album, God's family album, and you can't identify yourself, that means you have spiritual amnesia. Just like when someone gets amnesia and they don't recognize who their parents are anymore. They don't recognize what family they belong to because they have a condition called amnesia. And this generation, Brother Branham diagnosed the entire generation with spiritual amnesia. And that's why God sent a prophet to be able to get the scales off of our eyes that we actually are a part of God. And that, Brother Alden, you can be no more destroyed than God can. That's a part of God. That is being an attribute of God. When the prodigal son left in the New Testament, the Bible says that he came to himself. He was out in the world. He was eating with the pigs. But, Brother Andrew, he one day he came to himself. He said, wait a minute. I'm over here and I would love to eat what the pigs are eating and my servants in my father's house is eating much better than them. I'm going to go and submit myself and see if he'll at least take me as a servant. He came to himself and that's what every child of God has got to do. They're out in the world. They're out in the pig pen of the world. They're out in sin and they think that that's life. But one day you come to yourself. You come to yourself and you realize this ain't my food. I'm not supposed to be a chicken. I'm not supposed to eat eat out of the manure pile of the world. I was an eagle and I was born to fly. What is that? Your scales fall off your eyes. Brother Branham had to realize one day that he was not the son of Charles and Ella Branham. He had to realize that he was come from another parent. And that's the same revelation that we must each and every one of us get. Now, I want to talk about a type versus the anti-type. Brother Bram said he was a typologist. Right. Every child of God is a typologist because that is where you find your pictures and the types and shadows. That is how Brother Bram was able to preach. Now, a, a type, the people in the Bible that you read, do you realize that they type you? Do you realize that you are actually the anti-type of the types of the Bible? Do you realize Brother Ron, that you, that that brother David typed you? Do you realize, brother Randy, that Shamgar typed you? You don't type them, they type you. You're not pointing to them, they're pointing to you. That's the difference. So the antitype is a person or thing that is foreshadowed or represented by a type or symbol, especially a character. Or event in the new testament prefigured in the old testament brother ram said if there's an anti-type there's got to be a type for that anti-type to come from and everything i say that is true has a type it has a type you have a shadow and the bible said the old things was a shadow of new things to come you don't type rebecca rebecca types you they were living out their lives in the natural, speaking of who was to come. The prophets in the Old Testament typed Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ didn't come to type them. They were pointing to him. So if the bride is part of the bridegroom, if God is in the Bible, then so is the bride, so is you. Don't ever let Satan tell you that it's only that the Bible is only, you can only find God and the prophets in there. Where was Eve? That Eve was in the side of Adam. So if Eve is a part of Adam, then where Adam is, Eve is. You have just as much right. You are, going, you are co-equal with Jesus Christ. Co-equal. Now this message that we have isn't just a reformation. This message that we have isn't just an ideology to be a better person, to be a good neighbor. This message is Jesus Christ himself. The Bible says that the Lord Himself descended from heaven with a shout. This message is not just a reformation. This message is not just restoration of gifts. This message is Him. It is Him. That is why the rapture didn't happen through the church ages. It couldn't. It's the full grain, it's the seed. The very seed that went into the ground is now ripened in the end. Because that is where do you find the seed in the fruit? If you have no idea what a peach seed looks like, bite into a peach and eat it all the way to the seed, and that's where you have it. Yeah. That is why the ministry of Jesus Christ is duplicated in this end time, exactly as he had it. Because we're, we're, we're back in seed form. It's harvest time. You don't harvest, you don't, you don't harvest the shuck. You don't harvest the, the tassel. You don't harvest the, the stem. You harvest the wheat. Yeah. So if we're in harvest time, there's got to be some wheat in maturity staying in the presence of the sun, getting humbled. Getting all the greenness and immaturity baked out. So we are typed by Bible characters. They were the shadow. Jesus was reality and so was the bride. Now when Jesus came, remember he came as an anti-type. And Jesus had to find where it was written of himself. Brothers and sisters, that, that is so powerful it can never be, uh, it can never be overstated to be able to stand so pat on the word that you know exactly what's written of you and you know exactly where you belong satan can't move you yeah. satan couldn't move jesus christ from what, the position he held in hebrews 10 7 then said i he's quote paul is quoting uh, david there lo i come in the volume of the book it is written of me to do thy will O god Now listen to this quote of the Easter seal. Brother Ram says, now as a promised Messiah, he quickened every word that was prophesied that he would do. Heal the sick and how he was born of a virgin, all that made it, it's true. He was the word manifested here on earth. But he could not do this just as a man. It taken the spirit of God dwelling in him to quicken these promises to him. So Jesus was a man. He was a God man. But as a man, he would open up the scrolls and he'd read the word. But it took the spirit of God to say, this is you. This is you. Jesus read the book of Jonah just like you read it. But when when Jesus read Jonah, he said, Papa, that's that's me. And he could proclaim, destroy this temple, but in three days I'll raise it up. Why? Because Jonah, because the life of Jonah and what David wrote, sinners saved by God's grace. Jesus based, he was God. Think about this. He based such a statement upon what a man wrote. He said, destroy this temple and in three days I'll raise it up. God didn't come down from heaven and necessarily speak to him in a vision. He read it in the word. That's where he read it. He interpreted the word for his own day and hour, and he's able to say, as it were, Mama, that's me. That's how he was able to do that. And Brother Graham says, as a man, he couldn't. It took the spirit of God in him to quicken him to that word. Now he goes on to say, I hope that we get this real clear now, Jesus being a man himself, but it took the spirit in him. The spirit, it's not me that doeth the works. It's my father that dwelleth in me. He's the one that does the work. See, Jesus himself was the word. Further down, he said, so then that was God's promise all the way from the garden of Eden that Jesus would be here. He was that man born of a virgin, but it taken the spirit of God to quicken that word to him. So if it took the spirit of God to quicken that word to him, it takes the spirit of God to quicken the word to us because we're a part of him and then it gives you faith to stand in the face of satan himself right upon this word and say it is written we're going to get to in a minute but jesus said this that is written is yet to be accomplished in me when he was at the passover this that is written jesus knew what was written what was fulfilled what is being fulfilled and what will be fulfilled do you realize bride of christ you're the only church on the earth that can do that to this capacity, to be able to look back all the way, the Garden of Eden, before the Garden of Eden, before God was God. Before God was God, you were there. No other church could go back before God was God. Yet you go so far back in the mind of God, before even angel was born, before even Satan was born, you were there. You were there. Because you have the same capacity that he does. You have no matter how young or old or what your background is, a child with the Holy Ghost can open this word and you have the same authority that Jesus Christ had. You have the same, you can apply it in the same way. It's not your prophecy to be born of a virgin, but it's your prophecy to change. It's your prophecy to be healed. It's your prophecy to, to defeat the Satan and overcome Lady you. That prophecy is given to you you've got to recognize that you've already been seen as an overcomer. It taken the Spirit of God to quicken that word to Jesus. Let's think of Jonah for a while. Jonah had to be in the belly of that fish for three days and three nights. Now, I would imagine, humanly speaking, that Jonah learned his lesson really quick. He learned his lesson really quick, but he had to stay in that if you'll forgive me, stinking belly for three days and three nights. Now some of you, I know some of you brothers hunt and when you're dressing a deer and you accidentally nick that stomach, it'll make a skunk on 340 smell like a bouquet of roses. Let me tell you, he was, yet he was in that. Brother Ram said that God provided an oxygen tent for him. That's right. And yet, he had to stay there for three days and three nights because he was living out a prophecy. He was naturally living it out. And we're going to go through examples in the Bible where people were naturally living hard circumstances for your benefit. They were living it out. It seemed every day, Eliezer was just going to get a wife for for Isaac. But yet, it spoke of prophecy. Prophecy. It spoke of a volume. It spoke of a mass of people called out in the end time. Represented by one marriage union. So Jonah had to be in the belly of that whale for three days and three nights to represent him being in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. He couldn't have come out any sooner. And do you know that Jesus himself could not have risen? He was God. He could not have risen any any quicker than within them three days. Brother Bram said he was barred by the scripture, Brother Matthew. There was literally scripture there that Jesus couldn't cross. There's scripture there that God cannot cross. God is held accountable to his own word. Think about that. That's the kind of God we serve. That when he says something, he holds his own self accountable to that. That's the God, that we, that's the God we serve. For thou would not suffer my soul to be in hell. Thou will not leave my soul in hell. Neither would thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Jesus answered and said unto them, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. So as I said, the prophets, the saints, the patriarchs of the Old Testament had to go through very unpleasant things to type you. You're enjoying the spiritual benefit of their hardship. In the natural, when they were starving, when they were being sawed asunder, and now you're enjoying and reaping the benefits. We're enjoying and reaping the benefits of what this, co- this message cost Brother Branham. The time it, co- it cost away from his family. The time that it cost him the agony and the things he had to deal with. It came at a heavy price. The Gentile widow woman was starving with her son in the Old Testament there. But yet she was called and predestined by God to entertain Elijah. But yet whenever, her, whenever she'd look at her son and she'd see him starving, it didn't look like a wonderful thing. There was a drought no rain or dew of three years and yet god sent her a prophet and she sustained him and she and now she and her house have eaten many days and we've got spiritual food in due season her husband died her son was starving it wasn't fun but that was the age that she lived that out in the natural so you can benefit in the spiritual absalom he had to rise against david why because he was foreshadowing something a uh david had to be rejected he had to go up that same hill brother ron and crying as he was a rejected king because he was foreshadowing the son of david so brother ram came as malachi 4 5 he had to be identified in the scripture in moses and elijah and joshua but you know brother ram was the anti-type Joshua would go and he'd conquer natural land. But we're conquering greater spiritual land. So where you find the bridegroom, you're going to find the bride. You can't separate God from his word. You can't separate the bride from the word. You can't separate the bride from him, from Jesus Christ. Oh, no. In Genesis 2.21, And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up his flesh. Instead thereof, and the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. She's called bride because she's taken from the bridegroom. She is him. And same Power Same authority, same work, same faith, same love. She's him. She's Jesus Christ on the earth. Do you realize that tonight? The bride of Jesus Christ is Jesus Christ on earth in bride form. Now listen, he says, and as he being the groom, the bride has come forth because it's a part of him, and it can only be manifested of the fulfilling of all the revelations any others has spoke of the bride. It can only be made manifest. If it does something different from the groom, it isn't the bride because she's flesh of his flesh, bone of his bone, life of his life, power of his power, she is him. As man and woman are one, and the woman taken from his side, she has taken a spirit, the feminine spirit from him, the flesh from his side, made both mechanics and dynamics, the wife. Remember when Jesus was on earth, He was able to say search the scriptures for in them he spoke to the to the world to the religious world of his day he said search the scriptures in these scriptures you think you have eternal life but in fact they are they that testify of me that's what he said but do you know the bride has the same testimony search the scriptures these denominations, they think they have eternal life. And these scriptures are testifying of who we are. Right. Right. That we're here. Brother Bram said that the bride is a manifestation of this hour, Brother Stephen. Yeah. The fact that we're here, we're a manifestation of God's word. Amen. And he said also, this day, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. Now, as I said, people can find Jesus in the Bible and people can flip right to where brother Branham is, but can we flip to where we are? Remember, this is God's album. Can we look in here in God's mirror and say, mama, this is me. Where it scratches his head, we scratch ours. We look into God's word and we see our reflection and we're changed from glory to glory. On the road to Emmaus, Brother Ram says, watch here. The word itself, remember, Jesus was resurrected. And I want us to understand that this, that this message is the exact duplication, is an exact type of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Remember, Brother Ram says, in the days of Luther, it was just a rumor. In the days of Wesley, a little more, but then now he's proved it. And he's walking along, and he begins to open, he's preaching all about himself. And as he's walking to, to Cleopas and his friend on the road to Emmaus, they're all bummed out because they thought that Jesus was going to do this and Jesus should have restored the kingdom of Israel and he should have done this, but he's crucified. What are we going to do? Peter said, I'm going fishing. I don't know what's going on. This ain't working out like we thought. And they're on the way to Emmaus and Jesus steps out. And Jesus begins to, he said, why are you so sad? And he begins to tell them. And Jesus said, you know, he begins to tell him, are you, are you a stranger here? Don't you know what's happened? And Jesus said, what's happened? And then Jesus begins to, to tell him. And, and the Bible says that beginning at the prophets with Moses, he expounded all scripture concerning himself. That's what it was all about. All the scripture, is he did exactly, brother Andrew, what the scripture said he'd do. The disciples were bummed that he was crucified and laid him in a tomb. And he came along and he told them, this is exactly what the word said would happen to me. So whenever he got him shut in, he did something that was very, very familiar to them. The way he broke that bread, the disciples realized that's him. The way the prophet of God preached his sermons, the way he discerned the thoughts of Sarah's hearts, the way he did things, the bride realizes that's him. That's not a man. That's Jesus Christ using the vessel of a man and how do, how do we recognize Jesus Christ, Brother Nathaniel, in this message? The way he broke bread, Brother Davey. The way he breaks the bread of eternal life is how we recognize him. That's him. That's Jesus Christ. The same yesterday, today, and forever. Brother Ram says, watch here. The word itself quoting the word of himself. The word itself quoting the word of himself. Now, I'm going to just pause there and let that sink in. Jesus Christ was the Word, and he was able to get the Word, and he was the Word made flesh, and he's able to, to, to quote the Word. The Word was quoting the Word about himself. The bride is supposed to do the same thing. When the church world hasn't heard, don't believe in miracles and don't believe in the things of God, and they always look to Jesus on the cross, we have him alive in our midst walking in our midst, breaking the bread just as he always did. But we've got to recognize it. We've got to, as the word made flesh, we're quoting the word, the word, quoting the word concerning herself. Just as he did. Because she is him. Same power, same authority. But you've got to have the Holy Ghost to do this not to tell them that he was that but just let the word speak for itself what was it that jesus said the works speak if you don't believe me believe the works they speak for uh, for who i am but just let the word speak for itself when they then they know who he was the letter of the word quoting the the word in flesh brother ram says the word in flesh quoting the word of the letter being fully identified in himself, do you realize the wonderful blessing it is to be able to, to, to flip to in God's family album and find your picture? That confirms that you're a child of God. You don't need flesh and blood to confirm you're a child of God. God confirms you're a child of God. He's the one. If I've got His approval, that's all I need. If you have His approval, that's all you need. God's approval. You know, whenever the angel of the Lord met Brother Branham in the cave that night, and Brother Branham began to make excuses as Moses, remember Moses made excuses about how bad he stammered and about the people aren't going to listen to him. Brother Branham, in that same spirit, made the same excuses, and the angel of the Lord took Brother Branham where to the Scriptures. He said, "As Moses was given two signs, you'll be given two signs." In, in, that, in that video, 20th century prophet, Brother Branham says that he not only gave him about Moses, he told him about Nathanael and Philip. He told him about the woman at the well. And if you notice, he's always using them examples on tape. Because it's not his message. That's right. He's given that message out. And he's doing exactly what the angel told him to do. So the angel of the Lord took God's prophet, William, Marion Branham, to the word. And showed him, this is where you fit in. As Moses, they did this to Moses. As Moses had two signs, you're going to have two signs. As Moses called the people out in the first exodus, you're going to call the people out in the third exodus. It was God's, God showing, Brother Branham, his picture in the Bible. Now, in Genesis five twenty four, The Bible says that an Enoch walked with God. And he was not. God took them now as we go through these scriptures I want you to say to yourself or out loud however mama that's me Enoch was the seventh from Adam we're in the seventh church age from the second Adam and God translated Enoch being the seventh from Adam and he's going to translate us being in the seventh age from Adam see and you can say mama that's me I'm the seventh from the second Adam. You see yourself in God's album. Enoch's revelation so pleased God. You know, Brother Ram said there were three Bibles. One was in the stars, one is in the pyramid, and one is here. Enoch, in mystery form, built the pyramid, and he wrote God's second Bible. And it so pleased God of his complete revelation that God raptured him. And th- and not th- I mentioned earlier that the bride on earth now has got something that no other age has ever had. That she can see from before God was God all the way to whenever we're gathered back again in the Garden of Eden. And it's going to so please God that God is going to change you in the Adams, Brother Shannon. It so pleases God of your revelation. It so pleases God of how you walk to this word and your love toward the word and your attitude toward the word that God will literally change you in the atoms. And how do you know? Because you've already been typed. You're the anti-type. Enoch was raptured as one individual. The bride will be, will be raptured as a multi-membered body from around the world. Mama, that's me. When Melchizedek appeared to Abraham, and remember, Brother Branham was so clear and direct, he'd preach about Melchizedek, he'd preach about Abraham, and then he'd turn around just like this, and he'd say, I'm going to turn my back to the audience and do the exact same thing, and people still miss it. Yeah. You talk about spiritual amnesia, people still miss it. How many times have you, have you heard him say on tape, he talked about the hams, and God changing the name, and he said, now, Graham means father of nations, and he's got six letters, but Abraham has got seven letters and he'd leave it hanging just like that. He wouldn't say, Branham has seven letters too. That was for you to catch. And he'd say six is the number of man, but seven is God's number. And Abraham, God gave him, literally gave him part of his name. Mama, that's me. Coming out of an exodus, applying the token. Mama, that's me. We're in Goshen. The world is under judgment, under plagues. Mama, that's me. We've got the token applied. We've got the lamb killed. We're eating. We've got, we've got, our, 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 we've got our shoes on, ready to go. Staff in the hand. Nothing, nothing to hold us here. Mama, that's me. We received God's message. And we've got that scarlet, scarlet thread that Rahab left right on the edge of the wall. She's on the edge of the city wall. And that was a token. Now, she experienced that. So God's prophet can come preach the token to you. That that scarlet thread, you don't, we don't paint over our houses red. We don't, leave, we don't leave red ropes out of our windows. But we are to apply the token on our homes and on our lives. Because that was a type and you're the anti-type. Ruth coming back in harvest time. Mama, that's me. That's me right there. Let's go to 2 Kings 8. I'll show you a a picture. So if Satan ever comes against you and wants to see a picture of you, don't believe that you're in God's album, you can show them. 2 Kings 8. Then spake, and I want you to catch as we read, I I want you to catch key words here because every word, every jot, every tittle on the word is for a reason. Then spake Elisha to the woman whose son he had restored to life saying, arise and go through in thine household and sojourn. thou can't, Wheresoever thou canst sojourn, for the Lord hath called for a famine, and it shall also come upon the land for seven years. For seven years, there's not going to be any food. And seven years and seven church ages is not going to be quite the spiritual food in the due season. And the woman arose and did after the saying of the man of God, and she went with her household and sojourned in the land of the Philistines seven years. Now listen to these words. And it came to pass at the seven years end that the woman returned out of the land of the Philistines, and she went forth to cry unto the king for her house and for her land. And the king talked with Gehazi and the servant of the man of God, saying, Tell me, I pray thee, all the great things that Elisha had done. And it came to pass, as he was telling the king how he had restored a dead body to life, that behold, the woman whose son he had restored to life cried to the king for her house, for her land. That was her inheritance that she came to the king for. And Gehazi said, My lord, O king, this is the woman, this is her son, whom Elisha restored to life. And when the king asked the woman, she told him, So the king appointed unto her a certain officer, saying, Restore all that was hers and all the fruits of the field since the day that she left the land, even until now. Now, is that your picture? Did God, did you, did, did the bride as a whole leave the land of the fathers to sojourn? And at the end of them seven years, God appointed a certain officer called William Branham to restore all that the woman lost and bring us right back to the place, right back to Pentecost, right back, not to Azusa Street Pentecost, back to the land of the fathers Pentecost. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Mama, that's me. That's me. That's my picture. She might have struggled up in that land. She might have struggled in the land of the Philistines. She might have struggled to not have food to eat. But now, you're reaping the spiritual benefit because you're the antitype of her hardship. You are the antitype of her type in the Bible. The king appointed his prophet. And he ordered him to restore everything back to the church. All the power she lost, all the false, you remember, that because remember, whenever they came out in the Reformation, they were still baptizing in titles. They were still baptizing in Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. So everything wasn't quite restored, but God was in that process of a restoration. But here we are full circle back to a full restoration. That is why you have the hope of a translation. That is why you have the hope of a rapture. That is why we have the hope of the resurrection. To happen now. Let's go to another picture in God's album. God's album is beautiful, isn't it? Let's go to Joshua 18. Beautiful album. It's wonderful seeing your picture in the album, ain't it? It makes you feel good. Not emotionally, it just anchors something in your soul. It anchors something in your soul because, you know you're able to take the things that the prophet said right back to the Bible and see yourself. And you're able, all it does is prove the message. That's all it does. When people don't bring their understanding of the message back to the Bible, they end up in some crazy doctor nonsense. When people don't take, don't, all they want is the Bible and they don't care about the prophet's message, they end up in all kinds of crazy nonsense. You bring the two together and your eyes are right. Your vision is right. That's when you, that, that, that's catching the vision. That's catching the vision. Okay. In Joshua 18, verse 1, let's. And the whole congregation of the children of Israel assembled together at Shiloh and set up the tabernacle of the congregation there. And the land was subdued before them. And there remained among the children of Israel seven tribes which had not yet received their inheritance. And Joshua said unto the children of Israel, How long are ye slack to go to possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers hath given you. Give out from among you three men for each tribe, and I will send them, and they shall rise and go through the land and describe it according to the inheritance of them. And they shall come again to me, and they shall divide it into seven parts. Anything sounding familiar yet? Judah shall abide in their coast on the south, and the house of Joseph shall abide in their coast on the north. And they shall therefore describe the land into seven parts was not this book sealed with seven seals described seven parts but the Levites have no part among you for the priesthood of the Lord is their inheritance and Gad and Reuben and half the tribe of Manasseh have received their inheritance beyond Jordan on the east which Moses the servant of the Lord gave them And the men arose and went away and Joshua charged them and that went to describe the land saying go walk through the land and describe it and come again to me that I may hear cast lots for you before the Lord in Shiloh. And the men went and passed through the land and described it by cities into seven parts in a book and came again to Joshua to the host at Shiloh and Joshua cast lots for them in Shiloh before the Lord and there Joshua divided the land to the children of Israel according to their divisions mama that's me that's me and you read that chapter further on and you see that Joshua actually sat in the door the door is Christ and he gave out the inheritance because that land was yet to be taken mama that's me Now, when you look at the the, the history of Israel, we understand that Israel types the church. Is that right? You look at the history of Israel, and you're able to see the spiritual application that we're now living in. And we understand that when Israel was carried off into uh, into captivity, they were into captivity for 70 years. And this is very vital to understand because it types the seven church ages, So whenever you're reading the word and you see that Israel was in captivity for seven decades, that is a type of the seven church ages, then after that, God sends Ezra and Nehemiah to rebuild the city and to set things in order. And that's what God has done in this day. Now, I want to read a quote that Brother Branham read or said in the message of Desperations. And he's reading out of Jeremiah, the 29th chapter in the 10th verse. And he says, and we're now going to read from Jeremiah, the 29th chapter and the 10th verse. For thus saith the Lord, that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word unto you, towards you, and causing you to turn to this place. Do you notice that all three examples that we're reading is all about restoration? is all about coming back? is all about getting your inheritance? For I know the thoughts that I think of you. Isn't that sweet, Brother Ram says? Saith the Lord... Th- though thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an accepted end. Then shall you call upon me and ye shall go and pray unto me and I will hearken unto you and ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. And I will be found of you, saith the Lord, and I will turn away your captivity and I will gather you from nations and from all the places where I have drove you, saith the Lord, and will bring you again unto the place that I caused you to be carried away captive. Brother Branham says, back to Pentecost. He clarifies and he says, I put that in myself. It doesn't say that. That's what I was meaning to the church. Because see, saints, the, the, the Bible is a love letter. Oh, yeah. It's a love letter. Amen. And here you have Brother Branham teaching us how to read God's love letter. Oh, yeah. yes. Brother Branham was in, in desperation and he said, see, he means back to Pentecost. It's a restoration back. That's why this, this message is not, you know, I don't know why I keep feeling pressed to say this, but this message is not just another move of God. It's just another move of God. And after a certain amount of time, another move of God is going to come and we're going to walk in that. This is it. This is harvest. This is the seed. After this, it's to the father, it's to the garner. It's harvest time. Remember, Remember the bundling, it's bundling time. And we see the churches bundling themselves for the World Council of Churches. So Ezra and Nehemiah are also all about restoration. Now I want to read to you Schofield's notes here because I remember, I believe it was when Brother Tim was here for the Labor Day meetings, he made the point that when people left in the first exodus, only a small percentage left. Many of them stayed. That is a biblical principle. That's a biblical principle. Listen to what Schofield says. He says, he's talking about the restoration. He said, but the mass of the nation and most of the princes remained by preference. In Babylon, in Babylonia, in Assyria, where they were prospering, the post-captivity books deal with the feeble remnant, which alone had a heart for God. The bride is just a remnant. Most people are happy in the world. They're happy there in their denominations. They were happy to stay behind whenever they were, they were, they had successful things going on whenever this prophet came from the desert and with a long beard and an awfully cracked skin and says that we're supposed to go in the desert. I'm doing great right here. I've never been so prosperous. Why should I follow a a crazy prophet who who, claims he met a pillar of fire? He claims he met an angel and I'm supposed to follow him? I'm doing so good right here. Now remember, not only did a small percentage actually leave Egypt, but the book of Acts tells us that in their hearts, they already turned back. They wanted to go back. They were on their journey, but they wanted to go back. So if if that was the anti-type, why are we so surprised when people leave the message? Why are we so surprised when people turn their backs on the message when they've already been foreshadowed doing that? You can see that. You can see their picture too. But it's not the same like yours. It's not in the family album. It's not in that section. So listen to this in Ezra chapter 2, verse 61. They're coming back. And when they're coming back, they've, got, they've been in Babylon for 70 years and they've got to look up genealogies. They've got to get things figured out. Who belongs to who? And the children of the priests, the children of Hobiah, the children of Kaz, the children of. Bazarali, which took a wife of the daughters of Bazarali the Gideite, and was called after their name. These sought their register among those that were reckoned by genealogy, but were not found. Therefore were they as polluted put from the priesthood. They took on the wife's name. What do people do today? Join a church. I'm Pentecostal, I'm Methodist, right. I'm Baptist. They take on blasphemous names. That's right. And if they, if they don't come out, they're going to find themselves with the mark of the beast. Amen. And which means they can't find their genealogy in here because they took her name yeah. instead of his name. Yeah. We take his name. That's right. Everything we do, word or deed, In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We baptize in his name. We bury in his name. We're healed in his name. We're saved in his name. We live in his name. You sisters, raise your children in his name. You brothers, work out there among the world in his name. You stand as a lighthouse. A city set on a hill which cannot be hid. You've got to be married and sold out to this word and absolutely nothing else. No matter what it costs. Because Nehemiah says, in those days also I saw Jews which had married the wives of Ashod, of Ammon, and of Moab, and their children spake half in the speech of Ashod and could not speak in the Jews' language, but according to the language of each people. So they, the way they talked was not the Jewish language, which means they were raised by serpency nations. We, there's only one language the bride has, and that's this right here. That's the only language we know. We don't know about joining churches. We don't know about the denomination. We don't speak their language. We don't speak, let's all get together in the way that they do. Because you remember, they take Jesus' prayer that they, that they may all be one, and they try and put that in an ecumenical slant. We don't speak the language of, let's all go join with Rome. Let's all go join with another church. We don't speak that language. Because we know how to talk. Oh, yeah. We know God's language. We know what, what, what thus saith the Lord is. We know, we know how to say the right thing to God. The church world does not know how to say the right thing to God. The church world don't know nothing about it. And it's just God's grace to us. It's, God, it's God's grace to us that when you get on your knees and you pray that you don't end it in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. That is God's grace to you. It is God's grace to you that you are even here. It is God's grace to you that you even have an inclination to the word. Amen. It's God's grace to you that you even have a desire to be here. And we should never take, I know this is said all the time by these brothers. But these services, we should never take a single service for granted because any service can be the last for us as an individual or for us as, as a body of believers and the rapture can come. I'm sorry. I don't believe in sprinkling (laughs) praise God. I'm sorry. All right. Thank you. So all three examples was like a vision. All three examples is about restoration. Now, the word of God, thank you, Brother Matthew. I I know it. (laughs) The word of God is like a vision. And before a vision can take place, everything has got to be put in order. Remember, Brother Branham, describing a vision, the hat's got to be here, the old lady's got to be there. That's That's how the word of God is. Someone said to me not long ago, said, Brother Branham, I would give anything if I could see a vision i put my arm around him a real brother i said my beloved brother every time you open the bible you see a vision every time because let me bring something to your attention do you realize that every vision every dream and every revelation has got to come back to this every bit people in the denominational world have gifts and they'll we'll have all kinds of, you remember brother, we talking on tape about how some man had a crazy dream about how he left his wife to go marry this one and he just thought that's God. But it didn't line up with this. You bring everything back to this. You bring your life, you bring any vision, you bring any dream, you bring any idea, something pops in your head. Is that the Lord speaking to me? Well, let me see. You open God's vision and you see. You see. Am I supposed to marry this person? Open the word and see. Open the word and see. And if the word tells you not to do it, don't do it. Don't do it. God's not going to override your free moral agency, but don't do it. Then you'll pay for it. So everything must be in place. God is a God of order. He's got the Abraham class in its order. He's got Lot in his order. The Sodomites are there in their order. And we can't be changed until the resurrection. See, God has an order we see the resurrected ones first and then we're changed. Now I want to switch gears here just a little bit. I'll put this up here. I'll I'll switch gears here a little bit and I want to go through some very familiar stories that Brother Bram tells and that's another thing. Just like parables in the word, Brother Josh, it's for a reason. God doesn't just put stories in here every story that Brother Ram tells on tape is almost like a prophecy or almost like a type. Remember about that really, really poor woman who couldn't even afford nothing and, and, the, and the government came to try and help her out and her son was somewhere in India and, and they asked her, they're trying to kind of figure out exactly how much help she needed and things and, and he's just telling a story and, and he talks about how, well, you know, I don't have any money but my son, you know, I don't want to bother him for money but he sends me some of the most beautiful pictures. And and they said, well, can we see them? Where are they? And she said, oh, they're in my Bible. They're in my Bible. She was rich and didn't even know it. She was rich and didn't even know it. So I want to speak a minute or read a minute about the woman in Memphis. Because there's power with associating yourself and stepping into the scripture. Because the scripture is not do's and don'ts, it's a blueprint. Yeah. If you do what they did in the same faith, you're going to get the same results. Yeah. Yeah. So we're all familiar with the story. Brother Branham is going through and, and, the, and his plane got, got grounded and everything. And he's going along humming a song. And he sees a, a black lady there with that shirt tied around her head. Oh, yeah. And he's walking by. And she said, good morning, parson. I said, how do you do, Annie? It caught me. Parson, I looked around. I said, Do you know me? She said, Yes, sir. I said, Do you know my name? She said, No, sir. I said, How'd you know I was a Parson? She said, Parson, did you ever hear about the Shunammite woman? Now you see how she's identifying herself with the Shunammite woman? So if she's identifying herself with the Shunammite woman, the Shunammite woman had an Elijah. Well, she's like the Shunammite woman and she needs an Elijah. See, she's stepping into the scripture. With such faith that God is now about to to give her the desire of her heart. She said, Parson, did you ever hear about the Shunammite woman that had a baby? The Lord promised her the baby and the baby died. And I said, yes. She said, I was a woman that way. See how she's sympathizing? She's getting into the scripture. She's getting into that channel. And I promised the Lord that I'd raise my baby for him. And she said, the Lord give a husband and I a lovely boy. So he went off and we, and we know the story there. And he said, and I got down on my knees and I said, and I, and, and, said, I prayed and said, I prayed. Oh, Lord said, I as a woman like the Shunammite, where is your Elijah? Amen. And just begin to pray and said, I prayed and yeah. prayed and said this morning, just before daylight said, the Lord said, stand at this gate. Right. Right. Wait. Now, parents, God has given children our blessing from the Lord. So God has given you children, so it doesn't matter where sin has taken them. It doesn't matter where they are in life. God gave them to you. You're like the Shunammite, and they may be dying in sin, apparently. They may be going through something. But you do like, do like her and says, I was like that Shunammite woman. I was like that Shunammite woman. God, you gave me that child, and I'm not going to lose it. I'm not going to let Satan kill it. I'm not going to let Satan take it to an early grave. I'm not going to let Satan take it to hell. Because she, because God gave her that boy. God gave you your child. And he could have given you anyone else, but he gave you someone specific. And you keep holding that token and you step into the scripture and you stand between in in that breach, you stand into that place for your loved one. And what was the testimony of the boy? Mama, it's getting light. Mama, it's getting light in here. So the secret of getting in the scripture is getting the mind of Christ. That's the secret. You get into the mind of Christ because the mind of Christ don't come here. This, this is, where, we, this is the, where the greatest battle ever fought is right here. The mind of Christ comes right from the heart. So that is why you, you, hear, you hear these brothers make statements. You know, you, you hear, but all it takes is that once. You hear the voice behind the voice. Well, why is it that sometimes ministers will quote the same thing over and over? Yeah, I've heard that. The Satan will tell you. Oh, I've heard that scripture before, I can say it, I know it, yep, yep. I said it, yep, yep. We've heard it so many times. But if we ever let it drop from here to here, in the heart, that's where faith goes into action. Here is mental faith. But we need real, godly, Bible faith. You know, that's how Sister Hattie Wright got what she wanted. It wasn't with her own mind. Brother said when they were building the church, she pledged $50 or so. And Brother Neville would only take 20 And Brother Ram said he had $20 in his pocket to go give back to her. And he said something said to him that Jesus seeing that widow cast him two mites, them oh. two pennies in the treasury, and he didn't stop her. So what do you do? You have Sister Hattie Wright being right in the middle of Scripture and not even realizing it. Amen. She's in the inspiration of the Word, a widow woman with nothing, as poor as dirt, but... God let, just like he let that widow woman cast all her living right into the treasury. The same thing for Sister Hattie Wright. God allowed her to give that $20. And look, what she, look, look at the investment. You talk about an investment. Investing in the kingdom of God. You, we, we're to give everything we've got to this word. We're to give everything we have. You know, when a woman one day came and anointed Jesus, he anointed his feet. And the disciples began to, to murmur and things. And Jesus said, let her alone. Why trouble ye her? She hath wrought a good work on me, for ye have the poor with you always, and whensoever ye may do to them good, but ye have not, but, uh, me ye not have always. She hath done what she could. She is come aforehand to anoint my body to the bearing. Verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, This also that she hath done shall be spoken for a memorial of her. The same can be said about Sister Hattie Wright. How many pulpits is she mentioned in every single service around the world? What she did as inspiration is now preached as a memorial to her. Because she stepped into the scripture. Do you know that Adam was a god of the earth? An amateur god, Brother Bram teaches us. And God gave him, because he had the mind of Christ, God gave him the authority to name the animals. It gave him the authority to tell this mountain to be moved. And he gave him the authority to tell this tree and the wind to stop and things like that. And then God said amen to it. God said amen. Whenever Adam said, this is a lion, God said amen. When he said, feed her with a beak, you're an eagle, God said amen. God said amen "Amen" to what Adam said. When Joshua got in that same channel, he said, son, stand still. Moon, you stand here. God said, amen. I say, you say, how do I know God said amen? Because it comes to pass. And God is honored to bring your word to pass. When you get into that channel, not your own carnal thinking, and we all have our own carnal thinking, but it takes to get into that channel and the inspiration of the Holy Ghost and be able to have your version of that ain't nothing but the truth and receive what you need. But it takes the inspiration of the Holy Ghost to do so. Not your own idea. So you have Jesus, the second Adam. He comes and he says, comes up to a fig tree and says, no man eat of you. And God said, amen. Jesus stood on the rail of a boat and he said, peace, be still. God said, amen. Jesus said, thy sins be forgiven thee. And God said, amen. Jesus said, it is finished. And God said, amen. Brother Brandon one day was walking across a field. And he was confronted by that bull, and he said, you go, that that divine love, it wasn't him. He was looking for his gun, remember? His carnal mind was looking for his gun like ours would, or a tree or something. But all of a sudden, something came and took over, and he said, bull, I'm sorry I disturbed you. You go and lay down. And what did God say? Amen. God said amen. When them wasps came to attack him, and he... That same divine love. Now, why did God allow these examples to be done to the prophet? To show that you can walk in the same channel. It wasn't just for Brother Branham. It wasn't just for Jesus. The works that I do shall you do also. We're thrilled to read these stories. We're thrilled. We believe them with all of our hearts. But it's for you. It's for you. It's for you. It's for for me to walk in this channel. Now, don't in your own carnal mind go and slap a wasp nest because you're going to, that's not going to work. You wait, you're in the wrong channel, that's right. You wait until God puts you in that channel. When Brother Bram was in the mountains of Colorado and he told the storm to go back, God said, amen. Whenever Sister Meta had that tumor and he, by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, because remember he was praying, he was getting with the doctors and what should we do? Can we put it off? Uh, we're really trusting the Lord for our healing and Lord, do we not have enough faith? He was a human and he had struggled. Lord, of all the miracles he's seen, of all the prayer lines, he still said, Lord, do we just not have enough faith? Why is this tumor not leaving? And one day the inspiration of the Holy Ghost came and said, before the doctor's hand touches her side, it's going to be gone. And God said, amen. God said, amen. Now this is, I'm about to read something, one of them things that you hear all the time. But let it strike. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again I say unto you, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. Amen. In all things, he later says, whatsoever ye ask in prayer, believing, ye shall receive. Now I want to ask you all an honest question, and please don't raise your hand unless you mean it. you take whatever desire that you have on your heart and and put it on your heart right now, whether it's healing, salvation, the Holy Ghost, a loved one, okay? I want to ask you an honest question. If Brother Branham was here and he he was getting ready after this service to have a prayer line, how many would have complete confidence that when you go through that prophet's prayer line that you'd get the desires of your heart? Okay? Amen, yes, we believe it. Because we believe him and we believe his ministry. Now I want to take that another notch. If Jesus Christ himself was here in his earthly ministry and we were in Palestine and we were, you know, we were in synagogue and we were telling you and say he was off somewhere and we're going to tell him we were believers and because we would be. And we would and we and I told you he's going to be coming back here in a few weeks and we're and we're going to ask him to come and he's going to pray for all of you. How many of you would have enough faith to believe that when Jesus laid his hands on you and prayed for you, you'd get what you wanted? Amen. Okay? Now hold it right there because I've set you up for this quote. Because if you can, if we can get a hold of this quote that I'm about to read to you, I promise you there won't a sick person leave that building. There won't a single lost person leave that building. There won't a single person without the Holy Ghost leave that building. This building, I mean. If we can just get a hold of this quote I'm about to read to you. Brother Bram said, Then if ye abide in me, and my word abide in you, then you have God, the word in you, and you believe the word just as you believe God because it is God. And it's inseparable. Then if you have God's word in you, You have God's life in you. Now I'm going to go slow and kind of emphasize, because I want us to get this. If you have the Holy Ghost, you have everything. If you have the Holy Ghost, there's no no stopping. You have to constantly grow. But if you have the Holy Ghost, you've got him. You've got the word. You've got the very life of Jesus Christ. And he promised that if that spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwell in you, it will also quicken your mortal body whether it be in the ground or walk around the earth, it will quicken you. So if you've got the word in you, you've got God's life in you. And he says, you have God in you. And whatever God's word speaks forth out of you, it'll have to come to pass just like it was spoke from God. Jesus said, whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, that will I do. Brother Branham asked the question, do you ever realize what that means? Do you realize if we go before God in the name of Jesus, it's just the same as Jesus himself praying? Now, a second ago, most of us raised our hands when when we asked about Brother Branham, when we asked about Jesus. Now, what about you? But it's got to sink from here to here. It's got to sink from here to here for me. It's got to sink from here to here to you before it can change our lives. But if it does, it will change you forever. It will change your circumstance forever. It will change the circumstance of your family forever. You'll never be the same because when you pray with the Holy Ghost, it's not you praying anymore. It's Him praying out of you. That is powerful he says it isn't me praying anymore if i come in his name and he recognizes his name and jesus said whatever you ask the father in my name that i do and then i go to the father in jesus name it isn't me praying anymore it's jesus it's his spirit praying through me and people can't understand how whenever you try to explain to them about the godhead how jesus could pray to himself well, how does the Holy Ghost-filled believer pray to God when he's got God on the inside? The Holy Ghost in you is God himself. And that's the part. See, Satan can get in your flesh. Satan can get in your spirit and make you moody and make you just not so pleasant to be around. But Satan can't touch your soul. And that makes him so mad. And that makes me so glad. Because remember, let me just say this. Remember, the first pull when Brother Branham's ministry, he contacted the flesh. He took the hand of the people. And then then, then bumps would appear on his hand and was able to discern. The second pull contacted people's spirit. Like the woman at the well. He said, if I can only catch your spirit. He talked to people. But do you know that people would get healed by that sign of the hand and they'd get healed by people, by him discerning? But the third pull is only for the soul. And Satan can't touch that. He can't touch that. Once once that third pull catches the fish, because remember it's fishing. And the little fish go away. But once you get hooked and you've got that word living in you, Satan can't touch your soul. The third pull is only for the bride. The first and second pull it was just to bring healing in, to catch the bride's attention, was to catch the fish's attention. That's the difference. He said, now if he, but we as Christians, we become too clogged up. We just can't understand. Well, we think the doctor said I can't get well. As long as you think that, then you're not thinking God's thoughts. You can't do it. If you say, well, I'm going to die. The doctor said I was going to die. All regards to the doctor, that's the best of his knowledge. And he said, And if he said you're going to die, humanly speaking, I believe the same thing. But by the word, I can't believe it. So where's your vision? That's right, because he promised me that whatever I ask the Father in his name would be granted. Now, if God could just clear that little channel out and run that energy out to that place, then something is going to happen. We need real faith we need god's faith and we need as brother tim was mentioning last sunday about atmosphere have such an atmosphere that anything could happen do you know that's something i remember when we first came and visited sister gabriella and i back in in 2017 when we came and visited there was such an atmosphere that literally anything could happen That's the way we have to believe God for every service. That it's not, as it's often said, that it's not just another service, literally anything can happen in any service. Even right now, that quote that I read to you can become real to you and you pray and you say, God, I want this, that, or the other. And it be from your heart and you walk out a different person. You walk out completely healed. Because it's not you. It's your faith in the heart, from the heart. But it's not a head faith. That's what's given us a lot of problems is people get intellectual conceptions of this message and they don't meet him. They don't meet the author. They don't meet the father of this album. They don't see it. It's not learning upon learning. Paul had to forget everything he knew to learn Christ. Romans 8, 11, But if the spirit of him, one of my favorite verses, that raised up Jesus from the dead, dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Amen. Mama, that's me. That's your, there, there's so many pictures. Time will just not... This could, this, you could go after example after example in every single service these brothers show you your picture. But do you recognize it? Do you know a lot of times it's, it's hard for a person, the human element to discern God from man? It's always been that way. That is the problem with humanity. That is why they, they wouldn't believe the prophets. That's why they didn't, wouldn't believe Jesus because they can't discern the man from God. And it's important we as believers do that with one another. That you can discern when God is speaking because that's why people can't receive something. And you have that especially among, among churches where there's a lot of, a lot of family and things and, and maybe they may come against the pastor and I, don't even, I have no idea why I'm even here but I'm just saying it. Because they cannot discern... That that's not this brother. I might have had coffee with him an hour ago and we had some good laughs and we talked about natural things. But now it's God speaking to me. So receive it. Because if you still see these brothers here for who they are in the natural, you're not going to get nothing from God. Because that's just Brother Matthew preaching again. That's just Brother Andrew, Brother Ron. But when you realize that it's God speaking directly to you and they have no idea why they're saying it, or what they're saying, you grab it, because that's God. That's God in you grabbing it and that's God in them speaking it. And what, what, what did Brother Ram say that when two, when two omnipotents meet? The miraculous takes place. So the omnipotent in you is supposed to discern the omnipotence of the word coming forth and together the miraculous happens. That's how it works. It's not a flesh and blood affair. Glory to God. It's not a flesh and blood affair. It's God in you, the hope of glory. Going from glory to glory. You see, you, you realize that you're not the son or daughter of your parents. God allowed you to be expressed in this earth by your natural parents for different reasons. And there's things you can't explain about your life, and, and maybe you wish things were different and all, all this and that, but you know, this is this is your father. He is your father. When Paul said, Behold, I show you a mystery, we shall not all sleep, we shall be changed. You read that? You say, Mama, that's me. You see yourself, that's my picture. I'm going to be changed. I'm going to be changed. I don't know about the fellow next to me. I don't know about the gal next to me, but I'm going to be changed. Because I see my picture in here. You know, when John seen his name, when John seen, John the Revelator seen his name, He got so excited, all of heaven and earth and everything under it and over it and every which way heard him saying blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the lamb forever and ever. John seen his name in the book and he realized he was, and I'm closing, and he realized that he was in God's plan of redemption. When you find your place in the book, just as Jesus did. Jesus came and he was born of a virgin and he was God from his first breath to his last. He was God. But do you know, Brother Branham said, as I read to you the quote, that as a man, he still needed the word quickened to him? Not by another man, but by God. If you got something out of this service, it's not because of me, it's because of him. If you get anything out of these brothers preaching, it's not because of them, it's because of him. You see the difference? Separate the natural. We're not, we're not, this isn't a natural gathering. This isn't, this isn't, this is between life and death. This is eternal life. We're doing business with God. That's, that's why we've gathered here. So whenever you see your picture in the book, then you know you're in God's plan of redemption. You know that God placed your picture in this word before the foundation of the world. You say it wasn't written yet. It was already finished in the mind of God. Jesus was slain. Was the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world? He was. He was. It was already finished. So there's no greater there's no greater joy. There's no greater privilege than knowing that you are God's child. There's no greater privilege than being able to look into the Bible and find in your picture. Think about this. It's your picture. It's, some of them are group pictures, and you can find yourself in that group picture. When the, when the bride and the Spirit said, "Come," you find yourself. It's stand to our feet. You find yourself in God's Word in Revelations 10 and 11. And He said unto me, after eating the book, thou must prophesy again before many people, before many peoples and nations and tongues and kings. Mama, that's me. You say, how do I, how do I prophesy? Mm-hmm. Speak the word. Right. Speak the word, and you're prophesying. Right. That's God's word. One last quote, and Brother Raymond, why Christ speak? He said, oh, how this tabernacle this morning. How we people of this hour, Brother Neville, as we see the gray hair striking the gray striking our hair and our shoulders stooping when we see the world weaving and rocking as it is and how we can look around and see the promises drawing nigh. I think many times if someone could just bounce into it all at once, would understand it rather and come into it at once, it almost sends you into eternity. It's such a rapturing thing and never note it and just, oh, break through the things that we have seen and know and understand and all bounce up all bounce in at one time, the man or the woman, the boy or the girl would probably just lift up their hands and say, let's go, Lord Jesus. You see? Oh, how the hour is so close. And I want to I even admonish young, middle-aged, and old. You're never too young, young people, for revelation. You're never too young for God to deal with you. You never get too old for God to deal with you and give you revelation and show you pictures. We're always seeing. When you, every time you read the Word, like Brother Ram said, it's a vision. And we open up this Word and we say, "Mama, that's me." And as I said, Jesus was able to just off a, prophet, off a story of Jonah was able to, to to stake his entire would be able to stand up and make a statement like that: that you destroy this temple and in three days I'll raise it up. And as I said, if you can't find your place, if you can't find your picture in this word, ask God to deliver you from spiritual amnesia. Because if you're a predestinated child of God, you're in there. If you're a predestinated child of God, you are in there. But you've just forgotten. You can't see it because Satan has blinded your eyes. Let's bow our heads. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, how we thank you, Lord Jesus, for this opportunity, Lord, and these moments we have in your presence, Father. And to realize, Father, that, Lord, your word is not just the words of a man, but, Lord, we can hang our soul upon every word, Father. And, Lord, how thankful we are to you, Lord, that we can look and and look at there's so many examples that you've given us of those that have gone on before that had testimonies that they please you. We look at Enoch and how he just went for a stroll one day. It was just another walk. It was just, it just seemed like another day. But Lord, that day was so special that you translated them. You took them. And Father, we, we have our daily routines. We have our natural tendencies. We have our natural ways. But Father, one of these mornings, Father, we're gonna wake up and have our devotions just like any other morning. We're going to get up maybe eat, eat breakfast like any other morning but lord one of these days you're going to take us one of these days we're going to hear a knock on the door we're going to open and they're going to be the resurrected saints father lord mama or daddy that's us we believe your word father and we just pray oh god that may made that quote father lord that it's not just a quote of a man it was the words of a vindicated prophet to understand and to realize that when we pray under the anointing and under in the channel of the Holy Ghost, you literally say amen to our prayer. Help us, Lord, to get to just put aside carnality. Help us, Lord, to just be in such a channel of the Spirit, Father. Help us. Lord, this world draws our attention. There's so many voices that are pulling. There's so many things that are vying for our attention, but Father, may we give you our undivided attention. We're living in such a late hour. Lord, we're living in such a late hour when the rapture can come at any time. And your word said, he that's filthy will be filthy still. And he that's holy will be holy still. And Lord, in a service like this, someone that's filthy can become holy. Someone that's unclean like a leper can cry unclean, unclean and that same Lord Jesus is here tonight to cleanse of leprosy, to cleanse of sin, to refill with the Spirit, to give more revelation and understanding Father that's why you gave this word. I pray oh God that you deal with our hearts, help us to lay aside selfishness. Help us to lay aside the things of the world. Help us, oh God, to lay aside carnality. Help us to lay aside self. And Lord Jesus, may you have the preeminence within us. May you have the preeminence in our lives. May you have the preeminence in our families. May you have the preeminence in our decisions. We're faced with so many decisions every day, but have we consulted God? Have we asked you, what should we do with this? Lord, your ear is always open to us. You're like such a loving father who gathers his family in the house like you did Adam and Eve in the garden before the fall and You asked, how was your day, children? Is there anything you would like different? Would you like the wind to blow a certain way? Are you comfortable here in this Eden I made for you? Lord, you provided this word. And Lord, it's the only comfort we have, Father. I pray may we give it the preeminence that it deserves. Your prophet asked in the church age book. He said, I wonder if we're sufficiently impressed with the word in our midst. You've you've given so many gifts. You've performed so many signs and wonders. You've vindicated your word constantly over and over and over again. Yet this generation, Lord, is so numb to your word this generation is so numb to the vindication of your word but father we love it and that is why we're here we're here father so that we can draw closer to you lord lord we want to make a rapture lord may no one in this building under the sound of my voice or on the internet ways, father may they not be in the tribulation period father may they wake up before it's too late we love you lord we thank you for your word we commit this attentive audience, Father. Thank you, Lord, that they were so attentive to the word. I pray that you bless them, Lord, for their attention and long, drawn-out service. But, Lord, I pray that you bless them for their effort. Bless them, Jesus, that we'll give you all the praise, honor, and the glory. In the lovely name of Jesus Christ, amen, amen, amen. go ahead and sing
1: Amen. In every source of strength
2: What did you see, Brother Ron? My mind's eye goes back to Switzerland when I held one of the first Romanian books that was translated. It was a book that was just real rough paper put together, real, real simple stitching on it. Now you see, somebody risked their life. Somebody heard the message and they said, people in our language needs to get it too. That book had been in a rabbit cage. They held it and they would translate it and put it under a piece of metal and put it into there and hide it because if they got arrested, it was life in prison. This message was worth it. This message was worth it. What you saw tonight, you heard a man say that his father left Romania, incredible pressure, and went to Italy to come to this nation. I know we get all upset about immigration and all of that, but. We were immigrants. We were immigrants. And the immigration is not done yet because we're going home. This isn't where we're gonna stay. You see, a couple years ago, something got on their hearts to come to this church. You didn't know them. But here William and Gabrielle came. Good looking people. God's got such a sense of humor, He gave us part of the Pruitt family. And here they come. The Borlavons. He told us tonight about I'm the 12th child. And I can look in the album and see myself. What you didn't realize, He was preaching to you His life story through that, you begin to see your life story. I hope some way your dad can see that tonight. From the translation of real difficult paper, now to, I heard so many sermons tonight, I I sat there and thought I've got to say something at the end of this. I heard so many translated sermons tonight, so many quotes, a product of all of that translation, Worked. You see, the Word will never return void. He'll know exactly how to find you when you wasn't even looking for it. He come and found you. Hallelujah. Brother Denny, we wasn't looking for God, but God came and found us. We wasn't searching for him, but he came and got us. He sat on our well and asked us if he could have a drink. If all we have in this life is a home, a car, have a good career, but at the end of it, if all all we're known for, it's just this life. We miss the whole picture. We miss the whole picture. Miss the whole picture, brother Ron. I want you just take a look at yourself and say, I, I see myself in here. I see myself in the message. I identify myself in this. One man said, I. That man said I was an eagle. Another said I was a buzzard. The Word will tell you who you are. Amen. Hallelujah. I love that tonight. God bless you. Brother Andrew, could you sing that again? God bless you. We'll speak for you tomorrow night. You pray for me tomorrow if you would. God bless you. We love you with all of our hearts.